is people plus food service plus conversation equal? The Food Service for Thought podcast. Produced by Forbes Heaver and Wallace and hosted by Carrie Clements and Justin Oliveras, the bi-monthly podcast connects the food service industry through in-depth conversations with chefs, restaurant equipment suppliers, food service establishment owners, and so many others that make up our wonderful industry. If you like food, people, and great conversation, we think you will enjoy the Food Service for Thought podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast, the podcast connecting the food service industry. This is your co-host, Justin. I'm here with my co-host. Her name, uh, it escapes me at the moment, Georgina Susan Carrie. It's Carrie. Hello, Carrie. Welcome. It is Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. What? So, Georgina, well, that's the name you would go to if, if you, like... I think so. The, your southern accent kind of I do of not have itself. a southern accent. You've got you've got some twang coming from someone that was born and raised in the Midwest. I do not. <laughs> like I, what? I put it this way: someone, if 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 you're in the Midwest and you hear someone say the word "y'all," just by saying that word, that means you have an accent. Okay. Well, I also say "egg" instead of "egg," and "ruin" instead of "ruin." <laughs> so okay, there you go. All those things. Okay. Sure. I you don't have a different have an inflection. There you go. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So today on today's episode, which we like to call uh, Educate and Pontificate, this is a series of episodes where Carrie and I are going to talk about something that is uh, hopefully educational and related directly to the food service industry and what we do that hopefully can help uh, our listeners be more informed or make better decisions, whether it's with purchasing uh, equipment or understanding food products better or something like that. And then we'll finish off with with some fun, goofy hijinks here in the last couple of minutes, talking about a top five list that is related to what we were talking about earlier. So today's education part of the Educate and Pontificate is going to be understanding Understanding what refrigeration to buy. And the, what we thought was important about this, Carrie, was that there's a lot of different terms out there when you're talking about just buying refrigeration. We're not talking about walk-in coolers and freezers. That We're not talking about that yet. We're just talking about regular refrigerators that you would use in a food service application. But there's a lot of different terms. So what we thought we'd do is just kind of walk through each one, just give a very brief description. This is going to be general. Uh, there's going to be specifics that are left out, but just to hopefully kind of point you in the right direction. If you're listening to this and you need to buy a refrigerator um, or a piece of refrigeration, you can at least make a little bit more of an informed decision without having to immediately hop on the Googles to, to find stuff out. What do you think about that, Carrie? I honestly stopped listening to you a long time ago. Okay, fantastic. Keep it moving. And I think so I'm the not first the thing, only one. That's right. <laughs> yep. Our, our time spent listening has plummeted in the last 30 seconds. So what we'll do, uh, one of the first things we'll talk about, the most common, one of the most common pieces of refrigeration that people buy is called a reach-in. And uh, that is a reach-in cooler or a reach-in freezer. And it simply means... Obviously, that you will open the door and reach in, and you technically do that with any piece of refrigeration, but usually what makes it a reach-in is that it's upright, so it's going to be taller, it's going to be you know a full height, either tall as us or even taller than that, so that's what sort of is classified when someone says a reach-in, that is what they mean. 
And uh, the, there can be a, a bazillion different configurations uh, with doors and drawers and uh, which way the doors are hinged and all sorts of shelving inside and, and all sorts of things. So uh, our, our refrigeration uh, manufacturing partner, Continental Refrigeration, one of the things that they really talk about a lot is is the flexibility and the ability to sort of modify and adjust a, a lot of those those things to best suit the the customer that's going to be using the equipment so if the door needs to be flipped so instead of opening on the right side it opens on the left or if you need pan slides on the inside meaning to hold sheet pans or hotel pans specifically instead of just regular shelves on the inside uh, continental can do that and and oftentimes at no or very little charge which is which is advantageous but the the refrigeration piece uh, the reach in for the first category. Carrie, did you have something to add to that? Well, yeah, it's kind of dorky actually, but that's not stopped me before. I, you know, the th- two things that stick out from training and, and keep in mind that a lot of my conversations about refrigeration are from a marketing standpoint or doing some specific follow-up on some things. Uh, is there like for continent, I'll just talk, and I don't know if other manufacturers have this. So, but I think it's a cool thing is the slim line unit um and how some customers have used it just to store like milk in this little nook that they have or store something in this little nook that they have in their kitchens i think that's kind of cool when you talked about flexibility and then what's like the fish unit that's that's also oh a fish file yeah yeah the fish fish file file. i get this a lot uh, and I think a lot of people in our position do where someone will say, I need a sandwich top, or they say, I need a pizza prep, or I need a worktop, or I need an undercounter. And those are all different versions of a similar unit. So, but a lot of times understanding and clarifying what the customer actually wants can make the difference between a happy customer or a customer that will take that Philly cheesesteak and throw it at you. The first thing we'll talk about is undercounter and worktop. And those are similar units in the sense that they do not have any lids on top of the unit that open up. So if you think about maybe going to your favorite sandwich place and you walk down the sandwich line or salad line and you say, I'd like lettuce on mine and tomatoes and some of those and some of that, and you see that they're sitting in a refrigerated unit, that is that is not a worktop or an undercounter. So we'll talk about what those are in a second. Okay. So access worktop from the under- top is... Yes. Is, access from the top is not... Okay. Nope. There's no access from the top. That's the easiest way to say it. And uh, these are just flat surfaces. And typically what differentiates a worktop from an undercounter is an undercounter can be shorter to fit. Are you ready? Under the Mm -hmm. counter. Mm -hmm. Typically there's a standard counter height. I believe it's 36 inches ish uh, in in most food service uh, applications. So these undercounters are designed to be a little bit lower profile so they can fit under there. So you have your built-in countertop Above that, your refrigeration below that. You often will find those at places uh, like coffee shops or cafes that are serving fast customers at the uh, at the cash register, and they need quick access to to things like that. So that's an example of a undercounter worktop. is basically the same thing, no access from the top, but a, a flat uh, flat surface. But that is usually designed to be potentially a little bit taller, and also where you can put like a cutting board or you can put even some countertop equipment on top of it. So for example, Carrie, I always think about a worktop and undercounters are sort of a perfect combination with our Frankie coffee machines uh, and blenders from Blendtec and all of that countertop equipment, high-speed ovens, uh, like our, our Amana ones that you can sit on that. You've got your food products, your milk products, all that stuff right underneath it. And it's like a perful, perfect little workstation that's functional um, uh, and, and looks nice as well. Anything to add there, Miss Carrie? 
Or Georgina, should I say? You should, I'm sorry. I'm doing a crossword puzzle and I'm stumped on a word. It's uh, five letters for yeah. boring. So the next topic we were talking about earlier is if you're at your favorite subs place or, or salad place and you're walking down the line and you're able to see your cold food products and select, hey, I want tomatoes, I want lettuce, I want jalapenos. You're in Texas, so give me extra jalapenos. That is what is typically referred to as a sandwich top. And that does have access on the top. There's a lid, of a million different lids. Again, Continental with their flexibility, you can have a thousand different kinds of lids. But basically that lid opens up and you can access a variety of food uh, in, in pans from the top. And then also you have doors or drawers underneath that you can open it. So the big differentiator between a sandwich top and then a worktop or an undercounter is going to be you're going to have access from the top to be able to grab food. And those are typically used the most. Uh, back of the house and front of the house applications uh, when you need to have access to the food on the top. So, oh, and, and one thing I'll add to this before we move on to the next one is sandwich tops also have a cutting board uh, that comes with it or a spot for a cutting board that will usually be like a long uh, cutting board that you can see. Now, uh, what we have in our office, we replace that long cutting board that comes stock with our Epicurean puzzle board, which are smaller pieces that they can go in the dishwasher. Oftentimes, if you see those really long white poly poly boards that are on those sandwich tops when you're getting your your sandwich uh moved down or your salad moved down those are hard to put in the dishwasher because they're really big right so so uh, epicurean makes one where you break them down yes (laughs) yes hashtag some things are impossible uh so yeah so epicurean makes them where they break down every 18 inches and you can throw them in the dishwasher uh just like normal and again easy peasy lemon squeezy so we've covered reach-ins, basic. We've covered worktops and undercounters. We've come, covered sandwich tops. We've got two more to cover, and then we're going to get on to our fun top five list. So another thing is going to be called a griddle stand. And not a girdle stand, Carrie, a griddle stand. I could use a girdle. And the griddle stand is basically a lower profile, so it's not going to be quite as tall. And it's going to sit on the floor, and it's going to be able to have uh, a really, really strong top that you can set pieces of equipment that are heavier on it, like a griddle or like a charbroiler or like some very heavy countertop equipment. And there is refrigeration or, or freezer storage underneath. So you have typically drawers that pull out for that. Think about a hamburger joint. If you're slinging a lot of hamburgers on a flat top grill um, or on a, on a charbroiler or something like that, you will have the charbroiler or griddle set right on top of this. And then all you have to do is bend down, open up that drawer and pull out a new hamburger or a new bun or whatever new toppings and you go right there. So it's kind of almost like a self-contained workstation and allows that person that's working there to have basically all of their food prep or storage behind uh, or or backup prep uh, right there at their disposal. Okay, well, that explains a lot. I was wondering why you would do like that strange river dance on top of the griddle stand to show that it was so <laughs> strong. And I thought you were just showing off your mad river dance skills. But I am. Uh, well, and here's here is one final note I will make on this. Um, and this is really actually important if anybody listening, regardless of, of your knowledge of the industry, is that it most griddle stands by manu- by most manufacturers, if if something breaks down, in order to access the refrigeration and the compressor and a lot of the components that would that make this piece of equipment work, you need to take the top off of it. And in order to do that, you also need to take whatever is on the top off of that. So if you have a countertop, you know, can opener 
not a big deal. If you've got a 2,000 pound charbroiler that is connected to a gas line, that's a big deal. And if anybody's been back of the house in a kitchen on a, on a cook line, there's not a lot of space. So really something that's great, a huge selling point that a lot of people find really, really advantageous with Continental is if something breaks, goes down with that, uh, all of the um, accessible pieces that you would need to replace or work on are accessible from the front. So you don't have to take anything off. You don't have to worry about getting a, a, a little mini crane or forklift or something in there to, to lift all this stuff off. All you have to do is get down on your hands and knees, unscrew uh, the cover plate, and you have all that equipment, the compressor, all the all that stuff right there at your fingertips, which is really, really nice and can save several hours if something goes wrong. Yeah, not to mention dollars. Yes, dollars. <laughs> dollars. That's right. Last thing, and then we're going to get to the top five list. So my first, second, and third favorite food, Carrie, is what? Pizza. Thank you. And one of the most common pieces of equipment that you will find in food service applications, especially, what's that word again, Carrie? Pizza. Pizza. Pizza restaurants is going to be a pizza pizza prep. prep. And that is similar to a sandwich top in the sense that it is about waist high and it has access from the top, so you can store a whole bunch of food on top. And typically what makes this is a pizza is it's a little bit deeper, so you have a little bit more uh, capacity to store food. And then also the cutting board surface is going to be deeper as well. So if you think about if you're actually kind of building that pizza and you are got the dough in your hands and you're flopping it back and forth and kind of turning that, in, uh, that dough ball into a round pizza skin, uh, you need a little bit bigger of a work surface. So pizza preps in general in the industry are going to be a little bit deeper. And then the cutting board surface is going to be deeper as well. So you can build that 12 or 14 inch pie. Uh, without anything falling, kind of falling off the edge of that, if that makes sense. And and so what about the refrigeration on the pizza prep? Is that accessible from the front also? Uh, it, yes, it is accessible. It's I don't know why I said it from the front. Way, I don't know I either. I think I'm yeah, going to continue to do that. Accessible. Well, I've been listening to, or listening to, watching a lot of Canadian TV. So I'm going to start saying process also. Yes. Process. So the process for accessing the refrigeration of the pizza prop is going to be, yes, from the front. Uh, But yeah, so typically that's the differentiation. So the reason we talk about all of this stuff is someone says, I need a pizza prep. And you really want to clarify, do you need a pizza prep or do you think you, you need a pizza prep, but what you actually need is a sandwich top or vice versa? As having the wrong piece of equipment, it may seem seem you know kind of non consequential or inconsequential, but it's actually a a, a big deal. It can be a big deal. Yeah. So the last thing I'll mention on the pizza prep too, uh, Continental I think is the only manufacturer that has this, which is a really cool feature. Typically in a kitchen, uh, uh, space left to right is at a premium, right? Front to back typically is about the same. Countertops and everything are usually the same, but left to right, how much equipment you can put next to each other, that's at a premium always. And Continental with their pizza preps. Um, above the accessible <laughs> refrigeration and compressor from the front side, uh, Continental is the only manufacturer that offers a full door or drawer pullout where you can store up to, I believe it's three uh, third pans, uh, even the deep ones, that can give you extra space. So a lot of times pizza restaurants don't have the space to have maybe a you know, a 72-inch uh, pizza prep going left to right. 
but they they need that amount of space. So with Continental, you can order you know the size down of that, and then you can pick up that lost space with that drawer that pulls out, and you can store your extra food products in there. So that's a huge help. You think about pizza places; they go through a ton of shredded cheese, a ton of tomato sauce, a ton of pepperoni and sausage, and all those toppings. So you really need a high volume storage capacity in there. So that's pretty cool. All right, Carrie. Without any further ado, we would like to get to our <laughs> Top five things that taste best right out of the refrigerator. So we're talking about refrigeration. You open those puppies up. What are the top five foods that taste the best out of there? I've made a list. You need to poke holes in it. Tell me where I'm wrong. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to poke holes in everything. Okay. So the number five food that I think tastes best right out of the fridge is going to be a super crunchy, sweet, snappy grape Yay or nay? No. Too cold on my teeth. But I don't like warm grapes that much either. So I, I want them to be cool. Cool. K-W-E-L. Yep. But not super cold. That okay. might be an aging thing or just my teeth or I don't know. Well, look, when, when you get into your late 70s, the teeth are the first thing to go. <laughs> so I understand. I like it when you think you're funny, but you're not funny. I'm not you're funny. Not funny. All right, number four, for me, best thing tastes great right out of the fridge is a fresh vat of hummus. Mm-hmm. Again, with a Oh, no. I like it. I, I do like it room temp. Because then it's kind of more like a bean dip, you okay. know? Because um, there are some hummuses that taste like Frito bean dip almost. And I dig it. I do like some Frito bean dip. I don't let myself have it, but mm-hmm. hummus is the next best thing. So it's just a personal thing. We're just talking about personal. Pro- we're not in yeah, charge. Okay. Uh, no, we're not. Yeah. We're not the arbiters. No. Okay. Number three, I think you might agree with me on this one. Okay. It's 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 summertime, right? You're thinking about peak of summer, peak of grilling out, foods that taste best right out of the fridge. Number three is going to be your condiments, ketchup, mustard, mayo. Right out of the fridge, slap it on a burger, slap it on a hot dog, you're good to go. So what I'm going to do with your list is I'm going to take it to my therapist. And I'm going to say, just seeing this list, can you tell if Justin is a psychopath or a sociopath? Because it's hard to tell from this list. Not like ketchup. I hear what you're saying. I do. Because sometimes I hike a hot, if you're talking about fries and you dip it. But then again, I'm a Whataburger girl. As you know, we've discussed it in several podcasts. Yes. And, um, and they, they're like fancy ketchup is just, it's not cold. I like it that way. Sure. But I think if you gave me hot mayonnaise, we couldn't be friends again. That's no true. good. So yeah, I'm, I'm half and half on that. You're not, you're not okay. right. You're not wrong. Well, and you inspired me through part of this with, with my number two selection right out of the fridge. Food tastes best is going to be cold pizza. Yes. I do like cold and and cold thin crust is the best. Um, That's true. That's true. You, you might appreciate this now. You won't appreciate maybe necessarily where I got pizza last night, um, but it was a rough day yesterday and um, hadn't been to the grocery store. Husband was like, "I don't want to cook. You don't want to cook. How about we order pizza?" Okay. Well. I like pizza cut pizza hut thin crust. I do. 
Mm-hmm. So I ordered that, okay. but they had this little thing pop up that said Detroit style pizza. So I got him that with mushrooms and sausage. I don't think I would eat that cold, but I do like the thin crust cold. What do you that's, think? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yes. If it's, if it's too doughy, it's, it's, it's unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, even if you're hungover. <laughs> Not, Not that, that I have we, any experience I don't know. That. I know. Well, so in last weekend, we had some family in town, and we got uh, thin crust pizza from I Fratelli, E Fratelli. I've heard them pronounce it different ways, yeah. so I'm going to pronounce it both ways. Uh, great pizza, really good toppings, really good stuff. We always get that uh, at the end of Expo. Yeah. Uh, excellent mm-hmm. pizza. So we had that. We had maybe five or six pieces of that left over, um, and uh, the, the grownups were sitting outside at night after the kids were in bed and just having a beverage and enjoying the patio and a little bit cooler weather. And I was getting tired. So I came in and uh, in the morning um, woke up and, and my wife, Beth asked me, why is there an empty Tupperware container on your <laughs> nightstand? And, <laughs> and I said, well, it's only empty now because there was about five or six pieces of thin crust pizza in there that I ate cold <laughs> last night. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's number two. Uh, this uh, is a good, this yeah. this right here is a good reason why you should get a dog. Because you could say, I got it out to get one piece and the dog ate the other yep. piece. And the dog yeah. crushed it. Yep. That's right. Uh, all right. So that's number two. So number one, I don't like this uh, food stuff item, but it's probably one of the most popular things in the world. And you can't argue. My daughter's going to say it. Uh, number one, best food thing right out of the fridge. Milk. Yes. Cold milk. Whole milk or two percent, even skim. You know what? Even almond milk. I, I yes. And and when you want just you want that milk, and you just pour it right out of that glass, and you just gulp, 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 gulp. Chocolate cake, cookies. There you go. Yes, all the things. So good job. We covered a good. lot today. Uh, we started with reach in coolers and freezers, and we ended with milk. So that's a winning combination. Um, Next week, we're going to have our next uh, episode. Two weeks from now, we're going to have a guest. And then two weeks after that, we're going to be back with another educate and pontificate topic. So this has been the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Carrie. I'm Justin. She is Justin. Let's reverse that. I am Justin. She is Carrie. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on this wild ride of an episode. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. listening to the food service for thought podcast we hope you enjoyed it and a big shout out to forbes heaver and wallace and everyone on the team for producing the first ever food service rep driven podcast please subscribe rate and review oh and go eat out at your local restaurant or grab some takeout or delivery even if you are just in the mood for some apps or dessert every bite helps